Hey everybody, welcome to the Extra Point Show. How's it going everybody? Welcome to the Extra Point Show. Yeah, just uh, just want to briefly apologize for, you know, the slight delay in bringing you an episode. Obviously the goal is to have an episode out every, um, every week, but obviously ended up having to deal with the uh, unfortunate situation of um, my, uh, my cat passing, uh, Boo, who was uh, seven. And um, really unfortunate situation, you know, took her to several vets and really wasn't able to get an explanation. Um, and her condition, you know, really kind of like worsened over time and, and everything like that. So um, unfortunately, she did have to be, uh, you know, euthanized and everything. So, uh, yeah, wasn't really in the best spot to do a show. But now, you know, things are going better and, uh, you know. We got we got a lot to talk about here, so just wanted to start off and give a little tribute to her because she was uh, she was an awesome cat, and uh, you know this is our show, so we can personalize it however the hell we want, do whatever we want. So if you don't like it, right. you know, tough shit. But uh, I mean, you, you know, know we you do gotta, have some. Remember the cat man, and she, and she was a very sweet cat. Yeah, no, she was she was definitely awesome, and uh, definitely miss her a lot, and um, you know, on to some some you know more more positive news uh we do have positive uh, for tom brady god yeah damn. yeah the 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 rich just keep getting richer <laughs> yeah uh, with, man with like... tom brady i mean <laughs> he's managed to basically set himself up for life now um i, I saw something that said i mean i make i make the argument he was already set up for life but yeah are, yeah, you know, yeah even, I mean, even more so. have to but he signed a 10-year 375 million dollar contract once he does retire to be the lead analyst on Fox. Um, so, you know, if he retires at the end of this season or, you know, whether that be a couple more seasons down the road, he does have that position locked down. Um, I would only assume maybe one more, may maybe two seasons at the absolute most, but I, I feel like he's only got one more in him. Yeah, I mean, I could see him playing like two more seasons probably at the most, but, you know, mm -hmm. really more than that would be It'd be amazing yeah, if he be, did. I kind of hope he does just because like, it would be cool to see such an, an old guy play for that yeah, long. I mean, but at the same time, it eventually gets to a point where like, all right, it's time for the new, you know, the new to come in and yeah. you know, Tom, Tom, you've had your, your number of wins. It's like, it's go ahead. Just yeah. you know, <laughs> retire. Kyle Trask is never going to get an opportunity in Tampa. He's never going to get to play the, the yeah, as long as Tom's there last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's uh. I saw I saw something that said that you know by the time he like like what he's earned in his career has been like I want to say you know just slightly over three hundred million, so he'll actually earn more on this contract than he earned in his entire playing career. Of course, you know we yeah. you know he's married yeah. to Giselle. As I was well. gonna say that I was gonna definitely mention that I was like God the amount of money she <clears throat> yeah. has, but I mean this is, is to sad. me this is like a no brainer kind of thing. I mean Tom Brady. It's so you know we always say he's kind of like the conductor of the he's almost like a coach in his own right you know he's the quarterback yeah. but he's also like a coach like so somebody like him who has who has been as good as he has has the 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 ability you know the understanding of the game he has you know under Bill Belichick it seems like a no brainer to give him you know a deal like that and it's I, I would say it's already proven that he could do this because he's done plenty of media things in the past and yeah I I yeah, would I mean, expect it will go very well tons of commercials the guys on TV. Um, yep. He's been in movies. Uh, I mean, he's been on TV shows. I remember he was in an episode of Entourage once. Um, 
But so, when he talks I mean, about football, really... he seems like he's at his most natural, and he does know a lot about football. So yeah, yeah. And I, I and think like it, it's a good move for them to do that. I mean, it's a lot of money, but yeah. uh, it's going to bring them a lot of people are going to want to watch. It's, it's going to help just Fox because he's, for, for he's sure. Con- yeah, he's I mean, they're like it's a one thing to get Tony Romo, but you know, this is this is Tom. This Brady. is Tom Brady. This yeah, is exactly. Revolutionary here. <laughs> and he'll be calling games with a play-by-play announcer, uh, Kevin Burkhart, is who he'll be calling the games with. Okay. Um, and like like we said, nobody knows exactly when he's going to retire, but this would be his age 46 season. So, you know, if he plays beyond that, he'd be, you know, looking at 47 and up. But, I mean, obviously not showing any signs of wearing down. I mean, he was just 45, and uh, he led the league in, in passing yards with 53-16. Uh, 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 43 touchdowns and 12 picks. So, no noticeable decline in sight. And um, I mean, that is true. Yeah. His throwing ability and his ability to make plays. But I imagine, you know, as you get older, I mean, I'm, you know, everyone realizes this as the years go on. You feel more shit in your body. Things get harder. Right. You get pain. And he's played football for his, enti- you know, his entire adult life just about. And it's just amazing Absolutely. to me that someone like that, I mean, can still play that well. I mean... Yeah. After all the hits he's taken, all the time, he, and he's not missed a lot of games. He's not like he's been out injured a lot. He's played that entire time. Just doesn't yeah. mean he's a freak of nature, man. He's super yeah, human. No, I, like mean, when he's, you, when you look I don't him, think like, there will ever be another Tom Brady, and it's pretty no. cool that he's playing in our in our lifetime. So that we, yeah. so that, that's that's the argument that I've always made to the people that don't like, you know, Tom Brady's like, that's fine, you know, but just at least realize the situation for what it is and like realize the greatness. Cause it's like what he's doing will probably never be done in the history of the game. I again. think it took a lot of people just like myself to get, to understand that and to finally just realize and accept it. Like, all right, yeah. the man is great, but yeah. I know for the, for most of his career, for at least the first like 10 years, most yeah. people, even unless you're a new England fan, they hated Tom Brady. You know, nowadays, right, right. I think enough time has passed. He's done enough. It's like, well, all right. You know, the man is clearly a, a great football player. You know, you know he, what's he, crazy? Yeah. Tom's only played the Niners three times. I saw that. He's set to play them this year. So this will be the fourth time he's ever. And, and he's two and one against us. But, you know, so like this will be you know the who fourth beat time the, in all. You know who beat Tom Brady last year? Yeah. Heineke. Washington. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah Heineke. They did. Yeah, they that did. was amazing. I still can't believe yeah. I got to see that in person. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. We have we have that episode up with all those pictures. So that yeah, was that cool. was a that was a solid. That was trip. a good time. Except for the Chase Young injury that happened in that game. <sighs> yeah, you just you had to mention that and bring it down. Yeah, but you. I mean, he's right. he's that doing great, dude. He's he's attacking yeah. the rehab. He's looking great. Yeah, so he seems like he should be good. Be but those injuries, man. And I mean, that, Bosa came back hurt. from an ACL and had sixteen sacks. So I mean, it's like I let's think, hope I Chase Young does the same thing. I'm sure he went to the same doctor there, Ohio State, you know, yeah, Ohio know, State right? teammates, so probably put in a good word for him. Yeah. But yeah, one last thing we'll mention on Tom Brady um, is uh, he's actually got a chance in, shockingly, just his third season, which just shows how good he's been. And I mean, he's had two seasons where he's thrown over 40 touchdowns, that, uh, touchdown passes there. But with 39 more touchdown passes, he could become the all-time franchise leader in touchdown passes for the Bucks in just three years. Wow. With, yeah. So with 39 more, he would pass Jameis Winston as the all-time Bucks leader. That's just kind of sad <laughs> for like the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks have had a lot of instability at the position, so <clears throat> definitely. You know, Tom Brady's been a been a godsend for him, and uh, Tom Brady put out this tweet 
I'm excited about a lot of unfinished business on the field with the Buccaneers. Once again, let's fucking go. That seems to be hashtag LFG. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll transition from that into uh, probably the other most notable quarterback news of the week. So maybe maybe getting a step closer is is Colin Kaepernick as uh, as he had a workout on Wednesday with the Raiders. Um, early reports, uh, he still remains unsigned, but early reports are that the workout went well. Um, he worked out in front of uh, Raiders coaches and scouts, and although Josh McDaniels, the Raiders head coach, declined to comment, and we'll get into some of what he said in a second. Um, Rappaport reported that initial buzz was that Kaepernick looked good in, in you know, the workout. So um, whether this leads to him signing a contract remains to be seen, but it's at least the next step. Yeah, so, it's a lot more than he's gotten. And well, yeah, it's way absolutely. more than he's the gotten. I mean, organized this workout. Is the- this is the first time a team's brought him into their building since 2017 when Seattle brought him in. Yeah. And, you know, they, they didn't end up signing him, but. There's, there's been teams that have talked to him before. He's, of course, thrown in. Um, mm-hmm. He's had a couple different throwing sessions, you know, in front of the league. And then uh, most recently at the Michigan spring game. So this is, yeah, this and, is and definitely the, uh, the furthest he's gotten so far. Obviously, as we've mentioned several times, he hasn't played since the end of the 2016 season. Right, right. So. And yeah, it's surprising, like, the turnaround for him because... I mean, the, the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, uh, previously was stated saying he deserves every chance in the world to become a quarterback in the NFL. I stand by it. If our coaches and general manager want to bring yeah. him in or want him to be the quarterback on this team, I welcome it with open arms. And I mean, that's a big turnaround from what the, at least what most of the NFL or the, well, the entire NFL has treated him like for the last several years to have at least right. even one, one team, you know, make a statement like that about him. You know, that's, that bodes well for his future, I would say, at yeah. least as maybe landing a backup job somewhere. And, uh, and you have to give it to the Raiders because the Raiders are an organization that, you know, for a long time have made a commitment to equality. I mean, after Madden uh, stepped down as the head coach, the, uh, the Raiders <laughs> um, appointed Tom Flores as head coach, who was like one of the first minority head coaches as a Hispanic head coach. Um, he was also, Tom Flores, the same guy, was the former Raiders quarterback, and he was like one of the first Hispanic quarterbacks. So the Raiders have set a lot of trends. Uh, they also hired Art Shell, who was one of the first black head coaches. Um, they've, they've had women on in their front office staff before a lot of places. So the Raiders have kind of, you know, shown that they're not afraid to make diverse moves, and obviously Kaepernick, with all of his social justice work, a lot of teams mm-hmm. probably don't want to approach that, but you know, I imagine also a part of it is that you know, with the whole John Gruden situation and the and the bad press that they've had, maybe right. they're thinking in order to make. I'm I'm just speculating, obviously, like you know, to curse some favor of some be. kind. It's like, oh well, let's Could bring be. in Kaepernick. We're open minded. You know, we had John Gruden. No, oh, he made us look bad. So now we're going to do that. I mean, I hope that's not the case. Hopefully, they actually want to see what he can do and give him give him an opportunity to have a job. You know, I mean, he, I, there's no reason that he should, if he, he's able to do it, there's no reason that he shouldn't be allowed to play. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if he comes in and he looks good, I mean, I don't see <clears throat> how you can't take a serious look at, at signing him, especially with, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you've got Derek Carr. He's, he's your starter. Kaepernick's not going to come in here and, and 
you know, and the rest of their part. quarterbacks are a complete joke clown show. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to go through the list. They recently traded for Jared Stidham, who you know was former fourth round pick um, from the Patriots. They they got him in a recent trade where they sent him in a seventh round pick to New England for a sixth rounder. They have Nick Mullins. And they got all Nicky Mullins. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to beat you to saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then they've got Chase Garbers, who I am completely unfamiliar with. So, yeah, same, same here. No clue who that is. Yeah, I mean Kaepernick's got to be better than you know Mullins. And I would Garbers. imagine so. Like Mullins, I mean Mullins is actually probably the best of those three, I would assume. Yeah, but Mullins I mean, is complete he, garbage. So he he had one. He's done some good things in the league, but he he's has just done a turnover some good machine. things. But yeah, man, yeah, like it's, just, it's yeah, he might yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I mean, telling you, like, just, you don't know. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, That was yeah, a painful yeah. season. Or most of a season. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've resorted to playing Nick Mullins, you're in trouble at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wednesday's workout, obviously, first step in a long <clears throat> five-year journey back uh, to potentially an NFL roster. However, you know, just a step at this point. And uh, mm-hmm. as, of, as of today, uh, Friday, he remains unsigned. So... We'll have to see. I mean, I think this is significant, though, because bringing him in takes a... Like we said on the other... Or I think like I said on the other show, like nobody wants to be the first one to bring him in. And now that the Raiders right. have, I think, you know, maybe now it's like if, if you've got a quarterback that gets injured, maybe you, maybe you kick the tires on him. Maybe it's something I think. Look at. I think also with enough time, maybe they're realizing, like, you know, what happened with him in the, in the first place really wasn't exactly right. He shouldn't have been out of the league. You know, right. based on what happened. So, and and the way that the league has kind of changed their stances in the, in the last few years on things like that, that's probably why you know Roger Goodell is saying he would encourage you know any any yeah. team in the league to sign the quarterback. So yeah, which, yeah, the, which league, is good. the league does a lot of social justice work now. So right, that, exactly, that's, exactly. That's been significant. So I would imagine if they're going to go that route, and that's what they're doing, which is great. And you know that's what Kaepernick was big on. Like there's. For for them not to be okay or allow him to at least have the opportunity to play would just be completely hip, hypocritical. Right. So at I this agree. point, you would think, you know, if he if he's trying to play, they want to keep up, you know, with what they're trying to promote nowadays and actually be genuine about it. Then you yeah. know they need to give him a chance to play, and if his ability is there, then he should be able to play if a team wants to sign him. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And then just the last thing, um, you know, like I said, briefly mentioned it before, but. Just um, what McDaniel's the new head coach, and listen to this quote, and tell me if this doesn't sound like the most Belichick shit ever. And I mean, you got to keep in mind that McDaniel's spent the last forever under Belichick as his offensive coordinator in New England. But this is what McDaniel said when when asked by the media about signing Kaepernick in the workout. So, <clears throat> just by standard procedure. We will only talk about the people that are on our team. Dave Ziegler and his staff have worked out tons of guys this spring. We really don't make comments about the evaluations that we've made or what they look like, what they didn't look like. They're kind of private for us to look at things and try to make decisions to make the team better. If there's an opportunity to improve the team, we've said it from day one that we would look at every opportunity and then... um, when asked further about the workout, um, he said that he's not the first player that we've looked at, and, he, and he's not the last one. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in and out of this building. The evaluations that we make are private for us, and if we make a decision to add someone, the team 
or add someone to the team, then we'll do it. Like that wishy-washy. It's like, oh, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. If we like yeah. the guy, we're going to do it. If we don't, we don't. Yeah. It's like there's no yeah. real very, answer there. Very unclear. Yeah. Know, very, very secretive. But, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, you know, remains to be seen if, if they end up signing him. But, uh, you know, just uh, as I mean, I hope he gets signed somewhere. If he can still play, man, like, I really hope he at least he gets signed somewhere. He gets a chance somewhere. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, like I, I think it. that he's he's got to be better than like Nathan Peterman, some backup. He's got to be better than like numerous people in this. I mean, yeah. God, look at look at God, look at the Raiders' goddamn quarterback room behind Derek Carr. It is yeah, just it, goddamn exactly. shit it's, show. It's, that it's is rough. the worst it's quarterback rough. room I've literally ever heard in my life. I don't I mean I don't know yeah. who Chase Garber even is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Stidham, we haven't seen enough of to really. I don't know even know. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know Stidham either. I've heard his name, but I don't know who he is or much about him either. He was at one point thought they thought that he might be the heir apparent to Brady in New England, and obviously that wasn't the case. But yeah, I mean, yeah, well, there's been lots of hype about players that doesn't pan yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as far as his career numbers, he he completed you know just under sixty percent of his passes for you know almost a uh, little over twelve hundred yards, seventy two touchdowns, thirty picks, ran for twenty three hundred yards and thirteen rushing touchdowns during his career. So it's definitely an explosive player when when he was in the league, and, and you know. We'll see if he yeah, I mean his running ability. His running ability is what gave him that X factor because his passing ability, as you can see by the numbers, isn't particularly amazing, but it's also yeah. not bad. I mean, seventy-two right. touchdowns to thirty interceptions is not terrible. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. You know what I mean? So, but the fact that he ran for that many yards, you know, for thirteen touchdowns, that that yeah, adds that, a that lot. That's definitely what a, made him, and you know, made him an X yeah. factor for sure. Yeah. kind of keeping it focused on the Raiders here a little bit um, more uh, big Raider news here in uh, the NFL's bid to dismiss John Gruden's trial against the league has been unsuccessful so uh, the suit where um, John Gruden is accusing the league of malicious, uh, malicious and orchestrated campaign to force him to resign last October including the leaking of offensive emails he wrote um, a Nevada judge has ruled against the league on two key issues in the legal battle, pitting the coach who departed the Raiders uh, with more than six seasons remaining on his uh, insane 10-year, $100 million contract. Um, and, uh, of course, that suit is against um, NFL con Commissioner Roger Goodell. At attorneys for both sides declined to comment following a 90-minute hearing, although Gruden emerged from the courtroom <laughs> declaring go Raiders. And uh, he told reporters as he walked to an elevator that he hoped his case against the league and Goodell would play out. Um, and then he also said that he was going to go see some friends in Vegas that night because it felt great to be back in Vegas. And then he said, go Raiders. And um, so Clark County District uh, Court Judge Nancy Ulf refused requests by the league attorney um, to dismiss Gruden's claim outright or to let the league uh, move, uh, the, move the dispute to an arbitration. So and that's, that's pretty notable because obviously trying to get the league to just, or trying to get the, the, the judge to just uh, sweep the, uh, the case under the rug, and yeah. uh, they, they didn't have you know, any success doing that. So Gruden's, Gruden's suit against Goodell in the NFL, you know, it's, it's still alive. It's still, still potentially got some legs to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because 
I mean, yeah, he, he did send those emails that weren't particularly great, but I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I don't know how legal issues can be tricky, you know, like how the law works and defamation and all that stuff, you know, I don't know where, but I would imagine the content of the emails might discredit that to some, to some extent in today's world, but I, I don't really know. But I mean, it did seem like his career was pretty much ruined due to that. And this, you know, those things, those emails were what, from 10 years ago, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were from uh, I want to say like two thousand. I think it was twelve, thirteen. Was or, that yeah, old? Maybe oh wow, even I think it was twelve or thirteen, I believe. Yeah, but I could be it was wrong. Definitely but, over I mean, ten years ago. I'm not making yeah, excuses I mean, for you know the things that he did say, but it's like you know, shouldn't a right. man's career be completely ruined and and destroyed ten years later because of shit that he's? I mean, I I don't know. Doesn't really seem. Like I mean, I think to I think to a point, you know, like I know where we're at as as far as the society but there's got to be some type of statute of limitations for like what you can fucking fry a guy for yeah it's like oh back in 2012 he said some kind of racist shit it's like all right well man maybe maybe he wasn't as you know he didn't realize i mean i don't know man it's like you gotta cut you know it's time people tried to cancel nick bosa for what he was saying on twitter too before i was like he's yeah right he's entitled to his opinions as as stupid as some of them may be (laughs) he's entitled to those opinions all just like anyone else yeah, yeah, it's it, it's true, and I mean, like you said, it's it's really put Gruden, who was a pretty good coach, in, in a yeah, situation yeah. where obviously he can't do what he loves and like you know <clears throat> potentially ever coach in the NFL again. I mean, who knows if he'd even get a college look? I think based on the name value, he would, but obviously, yeah. you know, teams would definitely tread lightly going into that situation. Yeah, the, uh, the league's attorney had a statement and said the, uh, the league has a responsibility to act. The league attorney argued in cases involving conduct detrimental to the best interests of the league of professional football. Yeah. And um, Gruden accuses the NFL and Goodell of destroying his career, as we said before, um, and scuttling endorsement contracts and releasing emails that no one disputes Gruden sent. Um, and then that uh, the attorney told the judge contained racist, misogynistic, and homophobic language unfit for repetition in a public courtroom. The emails came from among some 650,000 electronic messages obtained by the league almost a year ago mm. during a probe of the workplace culture of the Washington football team franchise, now, of course, known as the Commanders. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, ugh. Yeah, I mean, like, no one's excusing, like, you know, the things he said weren't, were, weren't wrong right. and, like, were bad and, like, you know, uh, yeah. that's fine. But, like, I don't know, man, and when it's enough, so much time has passed, middle of 2021, you're going to fire somebody for something that happened nine years ago. It's like, I, I don't yeah, really I'm, think I'm that. Yeah, I'm not saying there shouldn't be disciplinary actions. But, yeah, it's like, I hey, man, know. this was bad. Like, you know, there may be some, you know, the public, public opinion can roast him. What, well, you know, fine. Like, yeah. But, like, you know, you got to fire the man just because of something nine years ago. And, like, I, I don't know. It just seems a little... I mean, top. his gritty attitude is kind of what makes him the perfect Raiders coach. Right, exactly. Like he was, he was fun to watch in a way. Like, you yeah. know, like he, he was. It's just, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was kind of an ass. Maybe he was a little bit of a racist asshole. Like, what, whatever. That's, that's but the like, character <laughs> that. That's the character that is John Gruden. Yeah, it's like I don't know if you should just necessarily be. I mean, I doubt he was that. You know, racist to people. You know, like in in their face on the team. I don't know, man. Like, it's just. Yeah, I mean, like none I, of that I shit's right. But like, you know, he had to have been at least decent enough you know 
in public around people. He sent some fucking so several, private Several emails, former like, Raiders players have come out, though, and defended him. And they're, I know, well, right? You know, exactly. Like John Gruden isn't racist at all. Yeah, so it's like I was like, I would trust the guys that played for him. You know, agreed, like, agreed. Right, they, they it's like, oh, he sent some, he sent some shit in a private email to somebody, and you know, maybe he said some yeah. jokes that weren't the most tasteful. You know, somebody that, that potentially pissed him off with the league office, who like John right. Gruden hates the league office. Every coach <laughs> hates the league office. Like, if you could get into Bill Belichick's emails and see what he's probably said about Goodell, like my God, uh, yeah. What has Kyle said about Goodell? What's Ron said about Goodell? I don't know. You know who I bet likes Goodell is Dan Snyder. Because that motherfucker so. oh, well, is the only reason he's kept, that he's, he's kept him afloat. He's kept him as an owner. He's that's, kept him afloat. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's probably the only yeah. one. He's like, oh, what you need, Roger? What you need, buddy? Anything you need. Oh, you want Tanya to take over? Okay, that's fine. Tanya will take over as long as I'm still owner. And, and that's probably why, you know, he didn't take any flack on the emails. <laughs> it, it all, you know, Gruden was the fall man. Possibly, I mean, Gruden did send the emails just just because Dan. Oh, of course he did. Team, but nobody's, it's, nobody's it's, denying, as, as it says right there. Nobody's denying. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think John Gruden was denying. Yeah, Gruden's like, yeah, I sent the emails, man. Come on, what are you talking? Of course I did. Like, I know I fucking wrote those, but he's like, if, if you so. don't want me to send emails, don't give me an account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as far as uh, some recent NFL rules that were approved. Uh, the NFL and the NFL Players Association recently agreed upon new rules for the 2022 season, notably pertaining to injured reserve and players having to miss a minimum of four games before they can return. Um, so that was reported on Wednesday evening. Previously, players were eligible to return after three games, as you remember last year. Um, if they were placed on injured reserve, they could come back after missing three games. Now that will be changed to four. Um, okay. Another notable change is in uh, when it comes to injured reserve. Yeah, okay. So teams will now have eight players permitted to return from IR during the season um, to the 53-man active roster um, or the practice squad. Um, and uh, this, this is a new addition as well. A player can return from IR a maximum of twice per year. Before, you could bring them back once, once if they got hurt them. again. Yeah, you, you, they'd, they'd be done, you know. You couldn't put them uh, cool. back on IR and then bring them back again. So I mean, do you seem now like you can bring them back twice. Fair enough rule changes. I mean, nothing major, but, I mean, it seems like, yeah. you know. And the, the other thing, too, is if you bring them back twice, the same player, obviously that counts towards two of your eight. So yeah, which, I would assume which so. makes sense. That's definitely fair. Um, most notably, this is the more notable one that I think here uh, is, is relevant. As far as the practice squads go, <laughs> practice squads have now been ramped up from the previous 14 players to 16 players. So that's relevant. I mean, you can keep two extra players. That's huge for a guy like we were just talking about Kaepernick. If you want to bring him in and maybe keep him as a practice squad guy, um, I mean, you, you can you can file a guy away like that on your practice squad, you know, if you like him, but, you know, maybe not enough to keep him on the roster. So, right. I mean, that's that's two more guys every NFL roster can can hold. So that's, uh, you know, yeah, I think that's another good, more guys. Good, good rule change, I would say. Yeah. And then um, teams can now elevate individual players from the practice squad to the game day roster a maximum of three times per season rather than two, which was the case before. Before, if you brought a guy back, 
you know, for uh, for multiple or for multiple games, and then you wanted to bring him back for a third game, you'd have to either elevate him on a full term basis or put him put him back on the practice squad. So those are just some you know quick rule changes we wanted to just briefly cover as far as you know rosters and uh, injured reserve goes, and um, just some roster moves here that uh, that we want to get into quickly. Uh, we um, we knew that the Giants wouldn't be able to keep James Bradbury, and uh, they they didn't. They did end up finally releasing him after they couldn't find a uh, a trade partner. Um, so with the uh, recent rookie draft class, the Giants were projected to be about seven million above the cap, and Bradbury was carrying a almost twenty two million dollar cap number into twenty twenty two. So in terms of uh, you know financial sense, it just didn't make any. And um, Giants GM Joe Schoen said he's a starting corner in this league. It's just not where we're at financially. So obviously, you know, they wanted to keep him. They just couldn't afford to. And by releasing him, they created an immediate savings of eleven and a half million, and um, that's uh, good for ten and a half or ten point one million in a twenty twenty two cap savings. So. That uh, that helped them out. They've got a little bit of cap space now. Um, it did help them out, but then but the funny part is that they then send them to a division rival. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, didn't, the they one... didn't send him because they didn't know, I know where they he didn't would send sign. Him. But, but you're but, right. Yeah. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. But yes, the fact that he ended up with the Eagles on a one-year, yeah. ten million dollars. Yeah, deal, I mean I, that that, that may like, potentially bite them in the ass when they. Like, God damn it, New York, stop! Don't bolster the Eagles up. All right, they're already looking yeah. good enough as it is. Like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> And Bradbury, I think I think we talked about it. He's one of their better players. I would say like him and like maybe like uh, Saquon Barkley are like some of their some of their best players. Maybe yeah. Evan Ingram, I like a lot too. He's, yeah, he's I agree. been pretty yes. good. Oh no, Evan yeah. Ingram left. He left. Evan That's Ingram right. Because we were talking about him going yeah. to Washington. Maybe I was like, that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, his ass went to Jacksonville. I think where yeah, Jacksonville yeah, got all uh, the players. I know, right. Um, after starting his career uh, with the Panthers, Bradbury, and playing there four seasons, he spent the last two years in New York, making the Pro Bowl in 2020. Uh, he'll be paired up with four-time Pro Bowler Darius Slay in Philly's improved secondary. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Washington improves their receiver room, but Philly improves their secondary. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, of course. <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, we have... Goes. Uh, Former Rams Patriots running back Sony Michelle signs with the Dolphins. Yep. The Dolphins continue with one of the best off seasons in franchise history by adding the former Patriots first round pick. Michelle has been a part of the two year Super Bowl winning squads in his four year career. First winning Super Bowl. Mm. The, the one in 2018. All right, I was like, I don't know, I don't know which one number yeah. that is, but yeah, the 2018 one. <laughs> Patriot. I was trying to remember, figure out what that Roman numeral meant. I was like, fuck, man, fuck I have Roman no, numerals. I have no fucking clue. But yeah. in which he uh, he scored the game's only touchdown to give New England a yeah. fourth quarter lead and winning again with Los Angeles in 2021. Yeah, what's funny is he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, 13 to three over the Rams, and then he went and won a Super Bowl with the Rams three seasons later. Right. Against fucking the crazy. fucking the Bengals, of course. But yeah, I mean, uh, those the, uh, the Dolphins man. are firing up the old the old PlayStation, the old Sony, the old Sony <laughs> PlayStation. So uh, running it back with that. But yeah, upon hiring uh, offensive-minded coach Mike McDaniel away from the Niners, Dolphins have made a series of moves to bolster their offense this offseason. 
most notably with a trade for Tyreek Hill for five picks. I always forget that that happened. Every time that that's mentioned, I I always forget, and I'm always like, oh my god, that's right, he's not on Kansas City anymore. He's on goddamn the the Dolphins. Kansas City has Juju now. He's the the top dog there. Yeah, that's crazy. That's one of those moves that blows your mind when you hear it every time. You're like, damn. Yeah, yeah. So they also got um, Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, another receiver. They added running backs Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mozart. So they already had two good running backs, and then they go and add Sonny Michelle. So running back went from being a position of weakness last year when they had, like, Miles Gaskin and, like, yeah. uh, Salvan Ahmed. Remember, I had him on my fantasy To, you know, a position point. of strength and Patrick terrible. Laird and a bunch of just, you know, unheard of guys. So... You know, definitely improving. They also have Mike Jacecki and uh, Jalen Waddle there as well. So um, Miami definitely, you know, loading up and uh, made a move on the defensive side of the ball as well. We mentioned previously that he visited with the Dolphins, but Melvin Ingram did in fact sign. And um, he did in fact sign with the Dolphins on a one-year $5 million contract, which was reported by Rappaport. Um he uh, spent parts of last season with Kansas City or um, with Pittsburgh before being traded to Kansas City for a sixth round pick. And he's a multiple time pro bowler. He's had a couple seasons where he's had ten and a half sacks. Although last year he only managed two sacks, but his quarterback pressure numbers were still pretty solid. So going to Miami, they also have Emmanuel Ogba at you know defensive end so they've made some moves on the defensive side of the ball as well um also uh houston making a couple moves we'll just talk on real quick because houston's been signing um a lot of just miscellaneous players here and there throughout the offseason they signed two former buffalo bills linemen although both uh you know long long time veterans jerry hughes a 13-year veteran who is 33, has 58 career sacks. He's been with Buffalo since 2013. And check this out. This guy's only missed since 2013 one game in the NFL since then. That is impressive as hell. So like he's, he's played old. 16 or 17, however many fucking games is every yeah, game Yeah, 16 games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 16 games well, 16 a year or 17, 17 last year. Oh, it was only one and year. Missed so one since then. That's right. Wow. That is, uh, what yeah. position did you say? So he's reliable as hell. What position? I mean, he's, he's, he's a defensive end. Wow, and they only missed one game. Damn. Yeah, yeah, he's on the That's... defensive line. And then they also signed another Buffalo um, defensive end in uh, Mario Addison, who's coming off a seven-sack season for Buffalo. Um, of course, their last game for Buffalo being the, uh, the shootout with, with Kansas City in the playoffs, the most exciting game of the year. That game was insane. Mahomes yeah. versus Allen. That was and nice. um, he's a 12-year veteran, um, is uh, Mario Addison, and he's 34 years old. So getting a couple of veteran linemen for Lovey Smith's defense. But, um, you know, Houston getting some veteran, veteran presence to that locker room. Jarvis Landry is the uh, newest um, or the latest player heading home after uh, Tyron Matthew uh, returned, you know, home to Louisiana a couple weeks ago. We we reported on that. Jarvis Landry is doing the same, signing a one-year incentive-based deal with the Saints. 
Um, his contract is definitely broken down to where he gets, you know, like $500,000 bonuses if he tops 55 catches, if he tops 65 catches, if he plays an X amount of games. We'll put it up on the screen. I've got the, I've got the, um, I've got the numbers there. But, yeah, he made a name for himself at LSU alongside Odell Beckham. They were college teammates. And now he returns home to the Saints, uh, where he will play alongside Michael Thomas and new rookie Chris Olave. And uh, they're expected to be the outside receivers, but Landry um, can excel as a slot receiver, and he's expected to probably play as the third receiver in the slot. Um, he spent the last four years in Cleveland, had his worst season there, catching only 52 passes for 520 yards and two touchdowns, although he did miss five games with various injuries. <clears throat> so yeah the saints getting chris chris olave yeah yeah exactly i mean they've got pretty good receivers so i mean really what's gonna and then they've got alvin Kamara too so i mean that offense i think is going to come down to a lot of how Jameis plays and he played well last year when he was in there so it remains yep, to be seen as long as he doesn't have another 31 31 season you know maybe they'll do okay. yeah I mean, he, he that's definitely what it was, right? Thirty-one touchdowns to thirty-one picks. Is that correct? I think that's what it was. I think it was, yeah, it, it was something like that, yeah, thirty-one or thirty, thirty-one, something like that. It, it, it was pretty. It was, close no, I that. think it was the same amount of touchdowns to picks. It was literally the same exact number. I can, I can, I can look it up. You should, you should look it up. But I'm pretty sure it was thirty-one, thirty-one. Like, <laughs> I mean, shit. Even if it was thirty, thirty-one, same, same basic thing. Um, yeah, while, while you're looking that, we'll uh, cover the Packers here. They agreed to yeah, terms with uh, cornerback Jair Alexander on a four-year, $84 million extension. Uh, Alexander receives $31 million in the first year of the extension, and the new deal makes Alexander the top-earning corner in the NFL in annual average salary, suppressing, uh, surpassing Cleveland's Denzel Ward at $21 million per year. Alexander proved to be an elite cornerback in 2020, posting the best defensive grade and the best coverage grade among every player at his position. Uh, he yeah. wasn't able to replicate the success in 2021, however, suffering an injury that limited him to four regular season games. Um, Green Bay wanted to protect its investment in its secondary by securing, by securing the services of Alexander through 2026. It's a well-earned extension for the fo former first-round pick. And, you know, maybe he had one down season, but, uh, you know, after, you know, assuming he heals up from his injuries, I, I expect yeah. they think he's going to, you know, perform well for them. Yeah, yeah, he's an he's a great corner. I mean, I think that they made a good investment in him. I mean, they, he's probably their top defensive player. I mean, obviously Aaron's their best mm -hmm. offensive player. He's their best defensive player. So, yeah, good to get both of them locked down for the next several seasons. And yeah, he's now making more annually than like Jalen Ramsey or Denzel Ward. So obviously, all these corners are trying to one up each other, just like any of these position groups. They're trying to be the yeah. highest paid guy for you know. Like the wide receiver battle, you know, D gets... Debo, Terry, you know, that thing yeah. going on, same kind of, yeah, same kind that, of deal. Yeah, that whole mess, that yeah. whole mess going on still, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was, uh, just just to mention on the, it was 33 touchdowns, 30 picks. 33 touchdowns, 30 picks, okay. Yeah, so he did throw slightly more touchdowns. Uh, well, good for him, that's good. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good for you, Jameis. And um, as far as the Browns go, uh, there was speculation that they might bring him back, and they officially have. Uh, Jadavion Clowney 
one of the best names in the in the NFL, coming back to the Browns on a one-year, $11 million deal. Um, he wanted to be back in Cleveland. Uh, apparently, he turned down $14 and $50 million annually for other squads to return to the Browns because he likes what they're doing there. And, I mean, getting the team up as a defensive end pairing with Miles Garrett, you could you could see why. I mean, they were... yeah. They were insane together. I mean, let me let me give you some numbers here. So, on his own, for um, Clowney, he had nine sacks, which is a career high. Thirty-seven tackles, eleven for a loss, and two forced fumbles in fourteen games. So he missed three games, but still mostly healthy. Still a fantastic season, um, though. Yeah, and then by the end of the season. Him and uh, Miles Garrett combined for 25 sacks, which I, you know, by math that would that would mean Garrett got 16. So. Uh, 28 tackles for a loss oh, and four forced fumbles. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then uh, Miles Garrett got his first defensive touchdown. Okay. Career. So obviously wanted to keep the band together with with you know that elite edge rushing situation that they have in Cleveland and the Browns going the next season. Mm-hmm. Feeling good about their edge rusher position. They also drafted a couple guys, so obviously I'm, I'm guessing while they develop for a year, they're going to bring in Jadavion for 11 million, keep him around for one more year, let these young guys develop, and then probably send them on his way next year. Right. And uh, we'll just keep it. We'll just keep it on the Browns here for a second because uh, there's been some uh, recent news on uh, Brown's quarterback Deshaun Watson. He is set to meet with the NFL officials this week in Texas. Um, per CBS Sports, Josina Anderson uh, first reported the news. Uh, Watson, of course, is currently facing 22 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault and misconduct stemming from massage therapy sessions that he, you know, is currently under league investigation for violating the league's personal conduct policy. And he's potentially subject to league-based discipline, which could result in, you know, potential suspension. And the league said in it just said that they will decline comment, uh, and as the review, as the review is active and ongoing, was all they all they ought. If, yeah, that's <clears> all they're <throat> gonna say. I mean, when when things yeah. are happening, they're not gonna really give much detail. It's one of those things. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So, yeah, they, they had a super vague comment, you know, we will decline comment as the review is active and outgoing. Jeez, that's super generic. The league always has these super generic open... Yeah, that's how know, it usually goes. Just like a lot of coaches. statements are just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Just, oh, well, we, we like the guy, we'll take it. We don't like the guy, we're not going to take it. Oh, well, thanks, yeah. fucking Captain Obvious. Like, that's really helpful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, as, as we know, the two Texas grand juries declined to in, indict Watson on criminal charges back in March. Um, and uh, the quarterback was traded from Houston to Cleveland in that blockbuster deal that we covered in depth, where he was fully guaranteed a five-year, $230 million contract. And the Browns are eager. Kevin Stefanski is eager to find out what's going on, obviously, with a starting quarterback. He wants to know if he's going to have any discipline, you know, if he's, if he's going to be without him for, you know, four, six, however many games. Right. Um, so Watson at this point has been with the Browns during their off season workouts last weekend. I guess he took some teammates down to the Bahamas 
and uh, was chilling down there, live, living his best life down in the Bahamas, probably getting massages down there. One, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, oh Jesus. no, oh, it no. sounds like he can't get away. It sounds like he can't get away from these. Like I. I don't know why a guy that hasn't played football in a full year needs so many massages. I mean, Jesus. Anyway. I mean, massages um, are nice. I'm not going to lie. They feel nice. They they are nice. They are nice. But, I mean, it's like, do something. You ever get a full body massage where they go from, like, your feet to, like, all the way up to your head when they finish? Like, they do this little thing with your head. Oh, God, it's great. It's so nice. nice, Yeah, (laughs) That is true. It's very nice. It's very enjoyable. Um, Now... In all, in all seriousness, one of the women did speak out. One of the women accusing Watson recently sp- uh, spoke out, stating that she gave him a massage and felt scared and threatened by a comment that he made following a therapy session. So this interview aired on HBO's Real Sports with Brian Gumble and Ashley Solis, who is one of the 22 women um, who's suing Watson over these allegations, um, provided graphic details of the encounter. Uh, with a three-time pro bowler. And then she said at the end of the massage, Watson told her, and I quote, I know you have a career to protect, and I know you don't want anyone messing with it, just like I don't want anyone messing with mine. And then Solis was asked by the reporter, Soledad O'Brien, why Watson's message frightened her. And she said, because it sounded like a threat to me. So, I mean, that definitely does sound like a, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a threat there, I mean, maybe. Slightly, I'm just, I, I mean, I would take it as, like, you know, you have a career, I have a career, like, let's just, you know, let's not. But, although, if he actually did some wrongdoing and did some shit, then, I mean, but that's that's the question there, is whether or not, yeah. you know, something happened or not. And that, you know, without knowing that definitively, it's hard to make a judgment. Yeah, and and, and then they got another girl, uh, another one of them on, the, on this interview, uh, Kyla Hayes, and, and she provided details as well. And, um, you know, they, they went into these, these details. We're not going to get into any of that. But um, Watson, of course, has maintained his innocence throughout all this. Um, and, you know, he's not denying that he's had sex with, uh, with these women, uh, although he's saying that it was all consensual. And um, I guess, like, one of the um, attorneys, like, asked, they're like, oh, well, you know, if he was going there strictly for massages, why did he... Uh, why didn't they, you know, end in, in sex in some of those cases? And I guess, like, what he ended up saying was in each... His attorney said, you know, in each situation, he went there just looking for a massage. However, you know, in a lot of the cases, the women instigated stuff, and it was all consensual. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? I mean... Sounds, I mean, it sounds plausible. I mean, I, I wouldn't think an NFL quarterback like Deshaun Watson, like, you know, he's a decent-looking guy. He probably doesn't need to go, you know, forcing massage therapists to, like, touch his dick. I, I would assume. Not, yeah. So, like, I mean, maybe, you know, then, then again, there's Ben Roethlisberger who did some, you know, which is pretty much known he yeah. did. Although, Ben mm. Roethlisberger is kind of a gross-ass looking dude, so, I mean, maybe a little <laughs> more reason there. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's one of those yeah. things when you're, you know, it's an NFL quarterback. It's like, well, why why would they go about doing something like that That's that would literally destroy themselves in their career when they don't need to? Like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So, I mean, right. it just... Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, it's like you never really, you're not going to know, I guess, you know, are these women just looking after money? Did he really do anything wrong? It's like, you know, no one's ever really going to know for sure at this point. It's just whatever you want to think, whatever you, whatever conclusion you want to draw at this point after the years this has gone on. It's like, well, whatever yeah. you think is, 
whatever you think. Like it's it's hard to tell I mean, what. I the mean, he, truth he's is. maintained, and and I mean, he's openly said that he doesn't intend to settle out of court, which sounds like somebody it sounds that, like he would be innocent. Then, if if you're not going to settle, yeah. I mean, it means he probably didn't do it. it. Exactly. The only thing. Because I, I hear that, and then I also think, you know, but there's also the conventional part of where it's like, well, there's, if there's 22 people, you know how hard it is to get 22 people in, yep, in the world to agree, agree on anything. Yeah, I agree with that as well, yeah. And, but also, and, you know, I mean, like, you know, to say he, that they're doing... I was going to say, I mean, depending on the situation, yes, it is hard to get 22 people to do that, but, you know, I imagine he, he, he comes into contact with a lot of women, a lot of people every day, you know, he probably gets massages mm-hmm. in different cities, it it's probably wouldn't be that hard, <laughs> that hard to like find, but yeah, it is odd. You know, that many numbers, it, it's just one of those situations, but like, there's just, no one's ever, we're not going to know really either way for sure at this point. Right. It's, it's, it's speculation. And it's like, you either want to watch the man play football or, or you don't like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do with the Browns. I mean, yeah, I it's like that, I'm ready to know, just see him play football again and just get over with this crap because there doesn't seem yeah. to be any solid evidence that really is, you know, provided he's innocent. Him. Obviously, if he yeah, actually did some wrongdoing, yeah, I mean, if he really did some shit, then he should, yeah, right. he should go to prison. He should not be in the NFL. But the way it looks, it doesn't. It just it would seem odd to me that an NFL quarterback like that, yeah. especially a top five quarterback in the NFL, would go about doing something like that. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Log- it doesn't make yeah. logical sense, at least to me. Absolutely. And and we'll close it out here by um, just discussing what Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, said. So he was asked if he saw the piece, the HBO piece, and he said that he didn't. And uh, they asked him about it, and he said, we've done a lot of work on Deshaun, the person. There's legal proceedings ongoing. There's an investigation ongoing. So I won't comment much further than that but we understand with respect to that that it's something we're going to be dealing with as these proceedings go on and you know like we said obviously i'm sure he's quite eager to find out what is going on yeah. with this starting quarterback absolutely as any coach would be all right so we got some news for the colts uh in the infamous nick Foles is is has returned and has agreed to yeah. terms on a two-year deal uh who will back up matt ryan so if Matt Ryan goes down, maybe he can uh, win himself another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's good in that <laughs> position. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, he reunites with Frank Reich after the pair contributed greatly to the Eagles' memorable run toward victory in Super Bowl whatever the fuck, because I don't know Roman that numerals. One. <laughs> that one. 2017 <laughs> Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop putting yeah. Roman numerals in here, man. <laughs> I put what the fucking article says, so... That's uh, the team waived uh, quarterback trick. James Morgan <laughs> in a corresponding move. Additionally, the Colts have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Philip Lindsay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's good. That's that's good depth. I mean, obviously, if Matt Ryan goes down, Nick. Foles yeah, it's a solid move win. for them. Uh, yeah, it's a. Yeah. I mean, in terms of a backup I mean, quarterback, it's hard to go wrong with Nick. Jim Irsay is taking no chances after fucking missing the playoffs last year and blaming it all on Carson Wentz. <laughs> I know, like, man. Nope, he blamed that all on happening. Carson. And I really hope it wasn't all Carson's fault because that's he, he, that affects he, he me. He shit now. on Carson hard. He did. Yeah, he that's, did. That's okay. You know, that's one man's trash is another man's treasure. Now he's now he's in Washington. He's going to do great. Hopefully, man. It's hopefully. Great. And then, yeah, Philip Lindsay, obviously last year, didn't do shit with the Texans and uh, the Dolphins, which are, you know, those, those two teams are fucking terrible at running the ball. I mean, he, he averaged 2.6 yards with the Texans, 3.1 with the, with the Dolphins. Both have terrible offensive that's lines. That's pretty much the same, damn. That's marginally better, yeah. but goddamn, that's equally terrible. Yeah. 
But I mean, Philip Lindsay is a guy that two years ago, you know, out of, out of the University of Colorado for the Broncos, um, you know, he's a, he's a tw- two-time thousand-yard rusher. So, I mean, just two years ago, he put up a thousand yards. So, <clears throat> obviously, the Colts aren't going to ask him to do too much. You know, they have Jonathan Taylor as their starter. Yeah. They have not Naheem Hines, who's the primary pass catcher. So, he's probably just going to come in in some, you know, situations. But, I mean, as long as he can give them something, you know, might, he might end up being a good player there. Um, so see what ends up happening, but I mean, I, I, I personally hope, I mean, I usually don't care so much about AFC teams and, and how they do and how they perform, but like, because Carson came from the Colts and then we do play the Colts next season. I really yeah. hope the Colts are not that good. Cause I want Carson to at least have that, that win against them. Like don't let, don't, let, don't let Pat McAfee hear you saying that. Oh, uh, well, sorry, Pat, man. Like, you know, I don't even <laughs> care, but it's, uh, it's the way it is. <laughs> I mean, we, I'd, I'd be, I'd be more about the Colts if Pat was still playing on them, you know, back in. I mean, well, yes, but, it, you know, if the Niners are playing the Colts, you know you'd be saying, you know, fuck the Colts, let's go Niners. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, we did. We played them last year, and they fucking beat us, and I said, fuck the Colts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was annoying. That's how it goes. It was that game in the rain, remember that shit? Oh, yeah, that was a shitty-ass game. Shitstorm. Shit Those storm rain games always yeah. suck. Yeah, I hate that shit. everybody welcome to this week's commander's countdown got a little bit of some big news um i mean potentially positive or negative depending on who you are and how you look at things but (laughs) um the commanders may finally be making an exit from fedex field um the team has acquired an option to purchase 200 acres of land in prince william county virginia which would serve as the site for a new stadium and more Um, the option to purchase the land would cost the franchise 100 million according to the washington post the land's located about is, is located in Woodbridge, Woodbridge, Virginia, about 23 miles southwest of Washington, D.C., so still not too far away. Yeah. Um, the commanders can purchase another 65 to 70 acres in neighboring Dumfries, Virginia, which is farther south down I-95, according to ESPN. Um, early reports are that this land in particular was preferred by the franchise because of the potential of what it could build in addition to a new stadium, such as retail shops, restaurants, and even apartment homes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Could you Which, imagine that? I mean, can, can you imagine yeah, just like, like living on that? some, some <laughs> stuff? I mean, it would probably be really fucking loud during the games, but I mean, imagine as like a fan that's just like commuting, just like, oh shit, I just have to walk across the parking lot and then I'm at the game. Yeah, I assume they'd have the stadium, then they'd have like, you know, some shops and they'd have, you know, like maybe some places to live, which I mean, that'd be awesome. I mean, I went to FedEx Field and I'll be honest, it's pretty underwhelming. It's, it's by itself yeah. in the middle of Landover, Maryland. It's really not that great. You know, I wish I could say otherwise, but it's not. Yeah, know, the, not the like way that the Cardinal but... shit is, it, 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 it's kind of like that. I mean, so, sorry, what were you saying? No, that's it. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's kind of the same way because, like, you get out of, like, their, you know, State Farm Stadium or, like, their big-ass, like, fucking dome that they have. And then there's, like, all kinds of, like, shops and stuff that they've built around there and hotels and stuff. So, I mean, you, you could see from a financial standpoint, obviously, them trying to want, want to drive this revenue and make sense. But um, didn't you say there was, like, some some issue yeah, or like is, some, some drawback or yes yeah, so there's issues with at least this is one article that i did find from a particular uh, virginia state senator his name's chap peterson chap. um and he's saying that he does not support the um the plan for washington to try and build their new stadium in virginia and hmm. based on reading this article <clears throat> and what his opinion is 
you know, he basically thinks that there's not much of a brand anymore with the Commanders because, you know, the Redskins name changing and all of that. Yeah. And he, he sure. this guy is a longtime Redskins fan, so I feel like it might have a bit of a personal issue to it as well. I got gotcha. He thinks I gotcha. that there's just there's an issue of continuity and all of that and how things are going to play out in the future. I mean, he even makes a comment at one point in this article that, like, you know, even maybe an expansion team would be a little more, like, ideal than trying to do it with this franchise. And, I mean, I don't agree with what he's saying. I, I don't yeah. think that that's necessarily true. I think that it is still the same team. Uh, you know, I think this is just one person's opinion. But I did think it was an interesting take. And, and if it is, if it does have any truth to it, and that is how people are feeling, they think the franchise doesn't have enough revenue you know, fan mm-hmm. support in the area, then they're gotcha. not going to build a stadium within that area if they don't see, you know, like one point in the article was like, well, if I saw people walking around wearing commander's gear all the time, then, you know, maybe that well, would first be enough, of all, like, the commander's gear has been out for what? Three months, two months, three months. Well, so I think he, like I think maybe he means even just Washington gear in general. I don't think he necessarily, uh, I mean, the franchise has had issues for, you know, the last 20 years. So it's not like this is necessarily new. So, but you are right. The commander's gear is new. You're not going to see a lot of that. But even in terms of just Washington gear in general, you know, yeah. I think it's it's more of a, oh, if I see these things, then I could at least say, despite you know the negative things that have happened with the franchise and all of that, it's like oh well, at least I do see there is you know some fandom out there and people support it. And what this guy is saying is that he's not seeing that. And this and he is a senator of Virginia, so it's not like it's just some random person, but. You know, I, I would like to hope that that's what he's saying isn't the case. But if that kind of sentiment goes around between Virginia and Maryland and D.C., then it's going to be awfully yeah. hard for them to get a new stadium built. What What are your What are your thoughts on on that? And like, do you do you want to see them, you know, take the team to, uh, you know, out of out of Landover and into Virginia? I mean, to me, honestly, I don't really care anywhere in the D.M.V. D.C. Maryland, Virginia, that whole area. It's not the same state, but like, it kind of feels like it. It's the same general yeah. area, so like. But it's, that that kind of shit, you know, it's it's not unheard, unheard of. I mean, everybody knows it's common. Like it's already that, it's already the Washington, you know, Commanders, which the DC team, right. but they're already they're in Landover, dude. They're not even in DC. They're already right. in Maryland, yeah. and yeah. Maryland has a team, so it's not like this is a. If they went to Virginia, it's not like this would be a new thing. It'd be any. It would. There'd literally be no difference other than, okay, it's now, fifteen twenty miles down i-95 a little more but just just a little bit of a further commute but yeah yeah but it's still in the dmv it's still the same you know in baltimore also especially from where the new stadium you know the area would be baltimore is even farther from that so it would be more of like a team for virginia parts of maryland dc and and that side of things you know up towards baltimore and higher maryland area and pennsylvania you know then that would be more for them but I think them going down a ways from D.C., like at least where this proposed site would be, would actually make sense because Baltimore is up the other way. So you would rather probably be a little more away from Baltimore if you have to pick something in that area than right next to Baltimore. But I mean, I frankly don't care where where a new stadium is. If it's in Virginia, Maryland, D.C., I don't care. Like as long as it's in a decent area and they can actually make it a, a good stadium. And like, they're talking about building these retail shops and restaurants and all that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Make it a, a nice, really cool experience to go to. Like there's yeah, all yeah. these we'll new go, stadiums. We'll go ahead and put what the that, stadium's projected to look like. Up oh because, yeah. I mean, the, the concept insane. picture. Cause it looks yeah. great. You know, like, you know, like SoFi stadium. Like I, I think that stadium's badass. And yeah, you know that the image that they have kind of reminds me of that in a way. Like it just, it looks fucking, it just looks cool. Like, yeah. I don't know if um, I don't know if you went into uh, but this is um, 
according to a source. But the uh, the plans that they have for that you know concept stadium is uh, sixty thousand. Um, I know you mentioned that it was a domed stadium, so sixty thousand seat uh, domed stadium uh, that they can be uh, that they can use throughout the year, um, as well as for the team's practice facility, um, an amphitheater that seats between fifteen and twenty thousand, a small indoor music arena, high end retail shops, bars, restaurants, residential living. Uh, roof would be translucent and the stadium's uh, facade change colors. It would be white during the day and, for example, burgundy at night. So that would be badass. Yeah, all of that sounds amazing. Like, I, yeah. you know, these ideas, they sound great and I hope that they can come to fruition. But when, you, when I start reading, you know, like the article, like I was mentioning before and that kind of sentiment, it makes you nervous. You know, like I'm one that I just want to say, you know, they're the commanders now, but they, you know, they're the Redskins in history. Like ha they have a past, they have history. Just because they're mm -hmm. the commanders now doesn't mean that that's gone. But I do right. know there's a lot of people out there, and, and this senator who is a Redskins fan apparently feels the same way. It's like, oh, well, it's, the history is gone. It's like, well, because, you know, it's people don't want to say. Yeah. I don't think it's gone either. Oh, because the Redskins name has that taboo-ness to it now or whatever. But it's like, I wouldn't say the history is gone, dude. It's just, teams change. Like, if you go back through the team's history, like, every team in the NFL has changed its name pretty much at some point. Yeah. So, so I think this is more of a pessimistic outlook on things. It's like, oh, oh, well, the history's gone. It's like, well, you know what? That's your opinion, man. I don't, you don't have to yeah. necessarily forget about, you know, Daryl Green's still my, my favorite Washington player of all time, and he's going to remain. Yeah. So, I mean, at least, you know. That's for sure. For the time being, unless maybe I find one I like better. But, I mean, Terry McLaurin's getting up there. But, you know, yeah, players that stay with the really team good. their entire career kind of go up on your list. But, you know, it's the same franchise, so I just don't, I don't understand. It's like, if you're not willing to continue to support the team despite the name change, it's like, well, then find a new team, I guess. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, they're going to have to figure something out soon, whether they're going to Virginia, staying in Maryland, or, you know, um, returning Yeah, the to, current uh, contract DC. they have uh, expires yeah. in 2026. So Exactly. Yeah, they so have they to figure, figure out it something out for sure. Soon. Yeah, um, in some other news, there were some uh, bullshit rumors that yeah. Ron Payne walked out of practice, but um, he, he actually did not. This is just, yeah. I mean, it's the offseason, so I think these are kind of things that we can come to expect. You know, there's just some stupid stupid headlines and dumb shit that comes out. Oh, this happened. Oh, my God, what do you think? Yeah. That didn't even happen. And, yeah. and he posted on Twitter or whatever platform it was sometime shortly after that, you know, saying, if you guys thought I walked out of practice, you know, what did he yeah. say? Y'all goofy or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, I've got, I've got, I've got. No, we we always, we'll, we always working like. And, yeah, you know, and like then he, he also posted pictures because he worked out. He just didn't participate yeah. in some of the drills. And right, you know right. that's, that's so he was still there. Yeah, and I mean obviously, yeah, that there was the the initial rumor was obviously that he walked out because he wasn't happy with his current contract situation, which. Obviously, you know that that happens from time to time with these players. But yeah, I mean he was there. He was working out, so that was just a rumor, and um, you know everything seems fine on, on that front, at least, you know, at least currently. Yeah. Now Terry wasn't there, but well, that's know. because of his contract issues, which I, yeah. which as far as I've seen, they're in the works. You know, I think right. after June first, we're going to see something probably, you know, happen, and, and we'll yeah. I mean, once they get contract. that Landon Collins money off off the books, they might be able to do a little <clears> bit more with with that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, maybe, maybe at some point, you know, they've they've even discussed bringing back Landon Collins. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yep. if they do bring him back, they're going to well. get him at I I would guess a much cheaper figure and probably yes. you know 
work that money. A lot of these NFL GMs are NFL cap wizards, you know, as, as we've mentioned before. They, they yeah. finagle the cap. At least for a couple seasons, you, you can manipulate the cap until it bites you, like, like it has the Saints and, and so many other teams. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so obviously we can squash that rumor. Another big thing that's happening through Washington's OTAs uh, is we've got a position change. Antonio Gandy-Golden is officially moving to tight end. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I yeah. forgot about that. that, is, he's, that he's put on some weight um, and, and added a little bit of uh, a little bit of LBs in, in the practice. He's put on some muscle. And, um, you know, the team's excited to see what he can do at, at tight end. I mean, of course, this is a guy that in two seasons he's appeared in 10 games. He has one career catch for three yards. Uh, his best contribution to the NFL was a 22-yard run that he had on, on, on a – in a run play that they that they had, so so he's got two career NFL touches, so you know it, it'd be it'd be good to see. I mean, obviously with Jahan Dotson now and um, Curtis Samuel coming back from injury, uh, the chances of him making it as a receiver were you know increasingly unlikely because last year, as you know, he was cut and then brought back on the practice squad. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't even like a lock on the team last year. He, he appeared in four games. He wasn't even targeted. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see if he can make a difference. Obviously, he's playing a position where they have um, uh, John John Bates, Logan Thomas, um, Sammy Reyes, and uh, Cole Turner. Um, you know, so they've got... They've got some tight ends too, but I mean, I think he's got a better chance making the roster as maybe a tight end than he would. I mean, at a more crowded position like receiver. So you know, it remains to be seen how that transition goes. Yep. All right, and then some other news: uh, Washington coach Ron Rivera, who unfortunately had cancer but made a full recovery, has been selected as the 2022 George Hallis Award recipient by the Professional Football Writers of America. The Hallis Award is given to an NFL player, coach, or staff member who overcomes adversity to succeed. The award is named for Hallis, a charter member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who was associated with the Chicago Bears and NFL from their inception in 1920 until his death in 1983 as an owner, manager, player, and promoter. Rivera, who has battled squamous cell carcinoma, is the fourth member of the Washington franchise to receive the honor from the PFWA and the second in as many years, yep. joining Billy Kilmer in 1976 pat fisher in 1978 and alex smith in 2021 alex Alex, (laughs) oh yeah that's pretty Uh, cool that alex won in 2021 and then and then ron won it the next year that's pretty dope that is cool that is cool two yeah washington two years in a row yeah um other nominees in 2022 were cincinnati Bengals quarterback joe burrow las vegas raiders defensive end max crosby Philadelphia Eagles tackle Lane Johnson and Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Uh, Rivera, a finalist for the <clears throat> Hallis Award for the second time in as many years, was diagnosed with cancer in his neck in August of 2020. <laughs> Jesus. Over, <laughs> over seven weeks during the 2020 season, he received 35 proton therapy treatments and three chemotherapy cycles. Rivera lost more than 30 pounds and had to receive IV treatments at halftime of games. But he never missed a game while leading his yeah. team to the playoffs in his first year as head coach in Washington. And fortunately, since then, he's made a full recovery, uh, which oh, he yeah. announced in January of 2021 that he's cancer-free. 
Um, the award dates back to 1969 when Joe Namath won the very first one. Hell yeah. That's badass. I mean, Ron, Ron obviously a fucking warrior. So happy for him to, to get that yeah, award. Man. I mean, going, going obviously. through that treatment and still being out there on the field. And, and yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, getting a little team. bit of help from coach Del Rio here and there, but you know, outside yep. of that, you know, he and well-deserved help at that point. I mean, he was yeah, there, I mean, he had, the, he had the golf cart, so he didn't have to walk. You know, I remember I, I watched something back then. And good. If I was like, good for there. I'd, I'd have kept the golf cart afterwards. I'd have been like, you know what guys, <laughs> Some things are not going back to how they were. Some things are. No, nah, you don't want to. He doesn't want to start looking like Bruce Arians, man. Come on. No. Oh God, yeah. Or Andy. <laughs> Cheeseburger Andy down there or in Andy, Kansas City. Yeah, Andy Reid. That's who I was actually thinking of. Actually, yeah. I think that's who I had in my head. <laughs> and then uh, we'll just go into some quick roster moves here. Nothing uh, super notable um, as far as you know, big name players, but uh, free agent. Um, Collegiate players, uh, Nigel Hill, uh, cornerback, and uh, linebacker Bryce Notry. So another linebacker was brought in. A um, couple players that, uh, you know, are going to fill that offseason roster depth. Um, as, a, as a corresponding move, they released guard Zach Bailey and uh, Jordan um, Knazic. Uh, Knazic Is that how you say uh, it? Was, yeah. That was really well. I was curious on that. Uh, yeah, so Knazic last season uh, was right. primarily a special teams player. He appeared in 11 games for Washington, recording four tackles. Um, <clears throat> and then the uh, Commanders also claimed tackle Drew Himmelman off the Broncos roster. So, and then they made one more offensive line move. They, they signed um, offensive tackle Aaron Montero, who is previously from the uh, Panthers practice squad. Oh, what 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 a, what a surprise there! Yeah, I mean he's he's got <laughs> great size at six six three fifteen, but this guy's been around for a couple seasons on the Panthers practice squad, and he hasn't ever appeared in an actual game. So I would say he's probably a camp body man. I mean it's middle yeah. of his off season. They're just they're signing camp bodies for the next more more year. than more than likely. Yeah, I mean you got that ninety man off season roster. <clears throat> you know, you got to make exactly. sure that you bring guys in. You, exactly. you know you're, you're gonna encounter training camp next next month uh you know in, in the hot summer months obviously you got to have guys in there guys are going to cramp up guys are going to get dehydrated you got to make sure you have enough guys out there and yeah right. more than likely none of these guys are going to make a considerable difference but we just wanted to briefly report i, I guess the most notable one is bryce notary the linebacker because obviously linebacker has been a position that's been you know discussed greatly I'm sure they'll be looking at him a little more closely to see if maybe he could Probably, be, provide but, something a little more for the team. But yeah, I, I, like you said, I don't think any of these players are really going to amount to. 2022, Jamin Davis is breaking out. I'm calling it now. I think he's going to have a great second year. I hope. I hope so, man. Shit, I hope so. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's all we got for you this week in terms of Commanders news. Uh, you yep. know, as things develop, we will definitely let you guys know. And if you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Absolutely. Have a good night. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, what is going on, Faithful? How's it going? Hope you guys are having a great week. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it with uh, the latest that is going on with the 49ers, um, probably most notably involving <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, of course, he's still on the Niners roster as of May 27th. Um, after expecting to be traded following the conclusion of the 2021 season. 
Um, now, in a recent interview, uh, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan told reporters on Tuesday that um, Garoppolo's off-season shoulder surgery has effectively put on hold any trade talks. Um, so Kyle was quoted as saying, I expect him at some time most likely to be traded, but who knows? It's not a guarantee. It's been on hold when surgery happened, and when he's healthy, we will see what happens. And Garoppolo, of course, underwent surgery on March 8th and is expected to be ready to begin throwing by training camp next month. Um, where he'll be throwing, though, remains the question, uh, whether that will be with San Francisco or another team. Obviously, yeah. there have still been rumors that he could be traded to potentially like Carolina. Seattle, you know, is always a team that's going to be linked to quarterbacks. Because I mean, yeah, there's definitely plenty of teams out there that need quarterbacks. So I would imagine if he's healthy later on in the season, you know, there's going to be there should still be teams that that would be wanting to have him. You know, he, he's just definitely he's not he's not amazing quarterback, but he's at least a ha top half of the league quarterback, depending on the yeah. game. Sometimes a top 10 quarterback, you know. So I'd be surprised to not see him go somewhere. But, I mean, even if yeah. San Francisco was to keep him for, you know, one more season, I mean, I imagine that they don't want to do that. that would, there'd have to be some contract restructuring, obviously. I'm sure Jimmy would rather go somewhere else and get paid, you know, similar to how he's getting paid now. But it wouldn't yeah. be necessarily bad for the Niners to have him, you know, if it was at a lower cost, maybe. You know, you never know how things will go with Trey. Trey could get injured. You know, it's yeah. good to have at least somebody else there. Absolutely, absolutely. So one thing to to mention, and they they they're either going to keep him or trade him at this point because John Lynch has also said that you know they don't intend to release him. Yeah, um, they think he's too good of a player, and you know obviously oh, I would agree. him definitely doesn't make any sense. So with that being said, um, and I mean I I heard recently from somebody on on a podcast that said, you know Jimmy is making like twenty three twenty five million this season, something like that. So yeah. Trey is making, I don't know, like I'm just going to say at most like, like maybe like five eight? million. Maybe five, okay, yeah. Probably, probably at most know. five. So if you think about it, the Niners really only have like 30 million tied up at quarterback. Now, obviously, usually your starter makes a majority of that money. Our situation's a little bit backwards, especially if Trey's a starter and Jimmy's not. But, I yeah. mean, there's teams like, you know, the Packers and the Raiders that are, you know, have 40, 45 million, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, 40, 45 million a season. So, I mean, it's not unheard of to pay two guys, you know, 30 million, 35 million a season when teams are paying that. Um, yeah. and, and somebody said that on a podcast and I started thinking and I was like, well, that's true. I mean, obviously, Jimmy would be, you know, an, an overpriced backup, but... Yeah, I don't think... There's no way that they can they can justify paying him the same amount they were paying him as a starter. I mean, if Jimmy doesn't get a trade offer and, you know, maybe maybe for, like, half what he's making now, like 12.5, something like that, Yeah. you know, may, maybe that would make a little more reasonable sense because then... Or maybe 15 mil, you know, 20 mil between the two of them, but... Yeah, I mean, I could even see them going with something more incentive-based to where, like, you know, he gets paid, like, 12 to $15 million, but then, like, if he does end up having to come in if Trey gets hurt, you know, and, and ends up playing X amount of snaps, like, he, he can earn more. Because a lot of times you see contracts like that. And as for the latest on Debo Samuel, who was absent from the OTAs, as expected, 
Um, Kyle Shanahan expects the star wideout to be present at the mandatory minicamp next month, which is scheduled to begin on June the 13th. Although he declined to go into details about um, Debo's trade request, uh, Shanahan said that he has a positive attitude towards the possibility of um, avoiding a breakup with Debo. And um, when asked if he, you know, feel how he feels about um, Debo returning to the Niners, Kyle said, I feel the same, if not stronger. Um, last time Kyle um, commented on the Debo situation was just after the 2022 draft last month in April, um, saying that the team fielded a few offers, but nothing came remotely close to what the Niners would expect as far as compensation. So hopefully we can get that deal done. Obviously, yeah. it's like Terry's situation. Yeah, absolutely. We're just hoping hoping to get them done. Um, and, you know, obviously, they expect Debo to be there next month. It's June 13th. That's, you know, just a little over two weeks away. So hopefully we can get something done in the next two weeks. That would be yeah. huge. And uh, this this most recent situation, or the, the, yeah, this, this other situation here involving... 49ers defensive lineman Javon Kinlaw and um, Niners beat reporter Grant Cohn, whose uh, dad, Lowell Cohn, was a Bay Area sports reporter for a lot of years. Possibly how he got his job, maybe not, you know. Probably. Um, yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, he had a uh, heated altercation with Javon Kinlaw, which apparently started from Tuesday's practice when they had a confrontation on like the, you know, on the side there. And I guess it was reported that Kinlaw knocked off Cone's hat. And like, you know, <laughs> Cone has been long. He's, he's kind of an antagonist. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah, he he's one of those reporters takes. that looks for the scandal and tries to stir up shit. There's exactly. Of yeah, exactly. And he definitely hasn't always painted Niners players in the best light. So, you know, um, I mean, several Niners have been reported in the past as being sick of his shit. Eric Armstead comes to mind. Um, he's he's been harsh on you know, and sometimes he's he's got good takes and sometimes he's right. But just you know the way he goes about things. I mean, obviously we report you know things sport related here, but we always yeah, try I mean, to you be report like, on the facts. We don't have to be a fucking asshole about it. Yeah, it, it, exactly, I mean? exactly. And basically, it started at the practice and then it devolved into. Javon, you know, he's doing his YouTube podcast, and I guess Kinlaw calls in and proceeds to, you know, criticize Cohen for his work, you know, tell him to get a real job, tell him to, you know, find something else to do, um, tell him that he's a joke, um, you know, that he doesn't know. Kinlaw says numerous times, don't fucking play with me, um, doesn't know. Who and really, honestly, the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, I would say just real quick. Yeah. If you have not seen the video or uh, of the or the clip of it, you should probably just watch it. Yeah, just it watch the clip. Just watch watching. the clip. And, and I will say though, for some reason, Kinlaw is sitting there like eating during it, and like he yeah. he doesn't like he has food in his mouth throughout like the entire time, which is kind of like bro. Yeah. Like I was gonna mention that was not food. a good look. That was probably yeah. the one yeah, like, thing. Like I have like, no man, issue like, with just what... swallow your food, man, and then keep. Yeah you know, do your statement. But yeah, I mean, he was right. Like everything he said, I mean, he's right, yeah. man. Those guys, 
you know, they go about shit in a negative way and it's just, yeah. you know, it's shitty. I have they, no they issue with how he said bullshit. it just yet. Yeah, like, I think my favorite part was when he, when he was like, Cohen was asking him, he's like, do you think I'm afraid of you, Javon? And I was like, obviously <laughs> this guy, this guy's afraid of him. It's like, we know that. He's like, I don't know. He's like, but I, when I walked up on you, he's like, your body temperature dropped like three fucking degrees or whatever he said. It's like, your body temperature was cold as ice. And he also called him something else that was real funny. Yeah, yeah, A little dick something. You yeah, guys, if you want to see it, go feel free to yeah. watch the video, but I'm not going to say abbreviation's LDN. We'll just, <laughs> there you go, yeah, abbreviation. Yeah. That's what we'll go with here. But, uh, yeah. Very funny, though. Definitely worth watching. I mean, he does, he does. I mean, I, I just wish he had swallowed his food before he went on the rant. But yes, it, it was good, though. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but that was that was uh, you know pretty solid entertainment for uh, for the week right there, and former uh, several of the um, Niners players came to Kinlaw's defense here. I just want to read off a couple of these tweets, and we'll put them on the screen. So, Tabes, our long snapper, Tabor Pepper. Um, this is one of the things that he said in the video where he's like, where Grant Cohn said, "No, I got to keep working." So Tabor Pepper puts, no, I got to keep working in quotes, you know, Cone's quote. And then he said, the faithful can arrange an early retirement if the fan base boycotts your low effort shit posting you call journalism. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that was a good one. And then um, Debo came out of the woodwork. You know, Debo hasn't been on social media mu much, but this kind of yeah. showed solidarity. He said, nah, for real. I had to block Grant. Uh, he do the most for real. So that's Debo for obviously get the fuck out of here. And then Eric Armstead, who, like we said, has, has you know, documented issues with Cone himself. So this is the type of low life we get into our building. He would rather antagonize and provoke players into hitting him so he can retire instead of doing his job of journalism, which is true. It almost seemed like he was trying to bait Javon into doing something. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously not hitting him because it was over a Zoom call or whatever. But yes, yeah. like same same concept though. You're trying to antagonize somebody into fucking doing something where you can be like, "Oh, gotcha, gotcha, motherfucker." It's like, yeah, because it's so know, easy then, today, you know, in this day yeah. and age, like it's so easy. Somebody does slips up and it's recorded. You know, it's so easy to just you know ruin somebody over one issue, one thing. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And then just like the last one. Is uh, Ayuk said if you're gonna um, if you're gonna say something about someone stand on that shit don't backpedal and start playing victim. So yeah, obviously the Niners and um, no discipline is uh, you know being discussed for Javon Kinlaw. I've seen that some fans are like, oh well, you know, he should be disciplined for that. And I, I don't really don't think so. Yeah, I don't really I think mean, so for that. I think so. that the only thing you need to discipline Javon Kinlaw on is a little bit of etiquette on on chewing with your mouth closed. But besides yeah. that, you know, Javon, yeah. just, just uh, do yeah, your thing. Yeah, that was that was get the one thing I would say. It's like, come on, yeah, bro. Get, like, get the get, get the knee healthy, big fella. You know, like and and to my understanding, <laughs> he is he's healthy. He's been looking good out there. So Grant yeah. Cone can fucking suck it. <laughs> All right, moving on. What else we got here, bud? Fucking, I lost my place here. Uh, okay. Let's see here. We got uh, last year's second round pick, Aaron Banks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Aaron, Aaron Banks has been looking good. Um, you know, he played all of five snaps last year. So, you know, really didn't do shit as a rookie. 
um, because it was still a developmental project. But, right. um, you know, like Nick mentioned, second round pick just last year. So obviously, um, you know, the organization holds him in high regard. And the Niners seem confident, at least from what they've seen in OTAs, that he could be potentially our, our new starting left guard and replace Lake and Tomlinson. So that would be, that would be definitely That would be good. You definitely need that. Yeah. Since I mean, God, obviously. The goddamn Jets took him. Yeah, yeah. Obviously going over there to, you know, reunite with Salah yeah. in the Jets. So, which, um, is cool. which is cool in its own way, but, you know. Yeah. At the same yeah. time, I mean, it's it kind of just... like, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> It just sucked to lose him because, I mean, when we got Lakin yeah, from the exactly. Lions, like, dude was, like, really, like, floundering in obscurity and just, like, really not. I mean, as a lot of people do with the Lions, and we brought him right. over, and he'd been a starter for us since 2017. So, been doing some good things for us. But, um, yeah, offensive line coach Chris Forrester uh, thinks that he can be our starting left guard. So, we'll continue to follow that um, position battle and see how that goes, of course. Uh, just, you know, while we're on the topic of offensive line, um, Alex Mack, our, um, you know, 36-year-old center, didn't report to OTAs and still apparently remains undecided about his future. So, obviously, that's a position where potentially... That's concerning. Yeah, yeah, definitely is, uh, is, is a little bit concerning. But, obviously... Um, Daniel Brunskill has has been a guy that's filled in at center before mm-hmm. for us, so he he's always a, a potential option as well. Um, and uh, who's the other guy we just got from Arizona State? We got an undrafted free. I'm trying to think of his name offhand. Um, I would not know that one. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, I, I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll monitor that situation. Obviously, uh, you know. If, Alex Mack does come back for one more season. That does um, solidify the position a little bit more. But if uh, if he doesn't, then that's going to be an area of need. But obviously, like I said, you know, potentially Braun Skill could step in. I mean, position. even if he comes back for one more season, it's still going to be yeah. a position to need after that. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's thirty six. That guy cannot be playing. That's what you said. Thirty six or thirty four. Thirty six. Yeah, and he's, 30, and he's yeah, banged God up damn. At, this, at this point. I mean, that's why he's been contemplating retirement. He's yeah, the man's almost healthy. done. If he if he plays one more season, I'd be surprised at thirty six. God damn. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, I mean, he's uh, he's had a hell of a career. Had one free agent signing this week. We signed um, free agent tight end Tyler Croft to a one year deal. He spent last year with the Jets uh, for playing for Salah. Um, he appeared in nine games, starting six of those games, catching 16 passes for 173 yards and one touchdown. So although the Jets' offense wasn't you know, spectacular by any means, um, he's proven before that he can be a reliable receiving tight end. Um, he caught 42 passes for 404 yards and seven touchdowns back in 2017 Damn, that's not bad that's not the most yards yeah. but that's not bad stats at all yeah yeah exactly so he's he's more of a receiving tight end so he would be you know potentially okay. competing for snaps behind obviously george kittle who's the starter um and right. he'd be competing against ross dwelly charlie warner and uh troy fumigali so those are the other tight ends on the roster um, obviously, Ross and, and Charlie. Yeah, I mean, more against played. Ross Dwelly, I would say, because he's, yeah. he's the second best catching tight end you guys have. 
Exactly, but even then, Ross doesn't get a lot of opportunities. He's no, no, he doesn't. So in the times that I, I have bringing him in would actually give us. It's like when we had Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. It, it, the only thing that was bad about that is we didn't have Jordan Reed and Kittle on the field for a lot of games together. Like if we could have right. had them, if you have the two tight end, the two strong tight end set, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. So potentially, if we can have Croft and Kittle both out there, both of them, you know, they both have the K, K and K. Yeah, if you have two really good receiving tight ends, the third tight end, if you do a three tight end set, as long as they're just good at blocking, you're good. Yeah. Like, they don't need exactly. to catch anything, really. Like, Exactly, and you figure that if, if he end, ends up making the team, that Ross would probably drop down to the third tight end, and he'd probably be the third tight end in those sets. And I mean, assuming like he run can a block lot of, well, but... Yeah. Because I feel like if you've got three tight ends, one of them at least needs to be blocking well. Yeah. Unless you're just trying to, you know, run a route with all three of them, but I mean that's that's the tight end attack play. I was gonna say I was gonna say unless they're running the tight end attack, I mean Yeah. Send them all out in the into the pattern. God I love that play, man. (laughs) I I I know you do, I'm aware. But yeah. (laughs) So we'll 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 continue to follow that, see if he makes the roster, but I mean he's got a good shot. He's a longtime NFL player. I you know, I'm happy to have him on the on the team. Yeah, tight end, tight end depth is always good. I, I mean, I, I yeah. mean, tight end is pretty much my favorite position. I would say in football. I, I mean, I mean, obviously everyone likes quarterback, but I don't one. know. I really like tight ends because there's, you know, you got the passing, you got the blocking. Like they kind of do everything in a sense, at least you know on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's it's like a wide receiver and an offensive lineman role. Yeah, yeah, they're just really fun to watch, yeah. and especially like I mean, I think yeah. George Kittle. And, like, Logan Thomas and, like, watching them has gotten me. I mean, George Kittle especially because he's just a goddamn monster. But Logan Thomas yeah, he's, is he's a beast. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for him yeah. to be back next season. Oh, man. He's getting better each, he each year he plays, season. too. So, I mean, each year he plays at that actual, at that new position, he's going to get better. Exactly, exactly. I think he went to the tight end university. Kittle's about to hold another one, another tight end university. He's about to have the second annual tight end nice. U. He better, Logan yeah. better go, man. We yeah, need to do the man. Sure, he's sure he tall. He's like six four. Like he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, big, so he's a big boy. Yeah. So, last thing that we'll cover here is uh, some some great news here is uh, involving Mr. Frank Gore winning his uh, pro boxing debut. Oh, not a, football uh, related. Highlight reel looking, but kind of. What's that? Related. I said not football related, but kind of football related. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but I mean, it's 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 related it's to Gore. the Niners. I mean, Frank Gore, yeah. He uh, connected with a uh, highlight reel-looking right cross that uh, knocked out Yaya Alaronsolo, uh, who <laughs> fell unconscious to the canvas in the fourth round of the co-main nice. event at nice. Gamebred Boxing um, Saturday night at the Biloxi Community Center. Uh, so Gore is officially now in his <clears throat> pro boxing career, 1-0, with one knockout. Uh, he landed a one-two combo and then followed it with a second right cross that turned um, turned out the lights for Oloransola. I don't even know or if that's Lauren right. Sola. Or Oloransola. Yeah. Or Sola, yeah. So he got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, I got knocked the fuck out by Frank Gore is, is your new name. Being tall and fighting until the last second of this fight here. Ten seconds of this fight. Frank Gore looked at the clock. He could get oh!
with 10 seconds left of round four. What did I say? The battle is scheduled <laughs> for a four-round contest at uh, in the heavyweight weight class. Um, and, of course, uh, Gore, most known for his 16-season NFL career. Um, played 10 years with the Niners. Um, also played with Colts, the Bills, the Dolphins, the and the Jets. And had 16,000 rushing yards, as we've discussed, right on the dot. And uh, falls third all-time behind Emmett and Walter Payton. And um, he hasn't played since 2020 with the Jets. But, uh, you know, he's been training hard for boxing, of course. Um, first official fight, but he did take place in the exhibition, which he lost, of course, to Deron Williams, former NBA player. Um, yeah. Lost that via split decision. So good to see Frank on the wi- on, on the winning track. Like I said, remember what, what we said? I was like, I want him to go have a good accounting for himself, even if he doesn't win, and he knocked him out. So yeah. you really oh, yeah. can't ask for anything better than that. Definitely. So, good for Frank. Um, it hasn't been announced if he's got any other plans for any upcoming fights, but if he I'd does, expect he will him to certainly... have some more in the future. I would think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, he'll definitely have some more, but usually boxers will take a few months off between fights. Which is good. They should, go... man. They're getting yeah. punched oh, in course. the face a whole bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, you got to recover that body. Yeah, you... yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially Frank Gore. I mean, 16 season in the NFL. Take your damn rest, dude. Yeah, t- take your I mean, time, I think Frank. going, I think going into boxing, no. personally, if you've been a running back your entire career, is a little fucking crazy. But if you can take it, go for well, it, bro. He was, he was, he's also been linked to, like, the, the Niners were going to hire him as, like, a scout. So, I mean, that's in the works, <laughs> too. We were going to hire him as a scout, but, you know, for a front office job. But, you know, he's, he's boxing people, too. So Frank's got a lot of shit going on. Yes, he does. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's really all we've got this week for you on the Niners news update. I mean, we'll we'll definitely have more for you as we go through the off-season programs. Let you know how things look. We'll let you know if Alex Mack ends up reporting at any point how the center battles look, and you know, hopefully Aaron Banks can step up like he has been and be our new left guard because uh, you know when we got him in the second round, you expected big things of him. Yeah, definitely. Yep, but. Join us next week, everybody, and uh, if you're not already, like and subscribe for weekly Niners content. And that's going to do it this week for the Extra Point Show. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, If you're not already, make sure that you like and subscribe and follow us on all of the social media platforms and check out our other video clips like the Niners News Update. And the Commander's Countdown. That's right. See you next week, everybody.